Hey, y'all. This whole thing started as a group of friends playing Dungeons & Dragons, saying, hey, let's record. Maybe other people will enjoy sitting at the table with us. The fact that you're here listening to us play D&D will never fail to be wild to me. If you like what you hear and you want to peek behind the door, I invite you to join our Patreon. By contributing to the Patreon, you can gain access to exclusive, handcrafted content, while also helping us pay for things like podcast hosting and logo designs. It's tough out here. On top of that, each subsequent tier allows access to the previous tier's rewards. The $2 tier grants you the title of Honorary Son, while giving you access to the patron-only Discord channel and a bonus entry into our giveaways. The $5 tier knights you as a hero of the Ten Towns, giving you early access to our episodes and access to our patron-exclusive one-shots. The $10 tier elects you to Ted Johnson's cabinet, which opens the cover to Fang's detailed note-taking journal and lets you know of future Suns projects currently in the works. Thanks for everything you do, Patreon aside. Without you, we wouldn't be here. The link to the Patreon is in the link tree in our Twitter bio. We hope to see you out there. Thanks for listening, and stay frosty. Severed Studios, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go! It's one-shot night. Tonight, we are not going through the regular Frostmaiden campaign, and it is not your normal DM, uh, Ron or Zach. It is Ross again. Tonight, we are (laughs) running a Candlekeep mystery. So before we get started, why don't we uh, go around and just give a little intro about our characters, starting with Ron. Hi, um, I'm playing uh, Professor Noser Winterbottom. I'm a gnome, wild magic sorcerer, and I am an archaeologist. I worship Oral the Frost Maiden. We have a very good relationship. She's very nice to me. Everybody makes her out to be very, very mean, but she's actually very nice and very frosty. I like her a lot. But anyway, she has a pen that says, I dig archaeology, and I am the holder of the best friends of Menzo Baranzen Club Award. I'm just a holder of it. I, I don't know who actually is the winner of it. But anyway, <laughs> I am happy to go to Candlekeep and figure out some mysteries. So Yes, which we will get into in a moment. Thank you, Ron. Nick. Hello. Very excited to be here. Yes, um, welcome. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah. That's what done. This is a this is a new player for us, and I should introduce them. Nick, welcome to Severed Studios. Uh, Nick will tell you his Twitter handle later. You can find him on Twitter. He's one of our uh, heavy interactors. But please yeah. tell us who you're going to be tonight, man. Yeah, thank you. Um, I am playing Westley Mirth Song. Um, I am a uh, a uh, human ranger. Um, I'm only 16 years old. Um, and when I was three, my, my family's village was attacked by some goblins, and um, I was the lone survivor. So uh, my, I, I kind of grew up in the woods on my own, um, and I'm just so happy to have some, some pals to be adventuring with, and, and I'm really excited to see what happens at, over in Candlekeep today. 16 years old. That's exciting. We yeah. got a young in on the team. Paul. 
What's up, everybody? My name is Paul, and today I'm playing Spelk. You see, the Aracocra wizard, uh, currently on the run from the Red Wizards of Thay. They have an, a warrant out for my arrest because I spent about 24 years in their ranks trying to dismantle their military from within because I think they're very evil. They got wind. I, I spent 24 years doing this, and they had nary a clue. That's what I was trying to do. But then they figured out, oh, you know, that, that Spelk character, 29 years old, ready to die, has been trying to dismantle us. So I, I fled, and uh, I am in this party today. See Seeking protection in exchange for knowledge. Aarakocra wizard, uh, white white feathers with shocks of orange, and I too am in all blue in this sort of patchwork robe that I made myself uh, so I could blend in with the sky to flee from the wizards. Uh, I'll, I'll protect you if you protect me. I'm, I'm very nervous, but very excited. <laughs> this, this is the second time we've seen Spelk, or at least yeah. we have. I don't, did we record that, though? We rec- we- it was in Minds of Madness, which was even before Pudding Fair, I think. I think something yeah. happened with that recording, so the listeners have You're met right. Spelk. It never made it to the podcast, yeah. to the to the link tree. Well, yeah. this is a perfect debut for Spelk. Thanks, welcome man. back. Thank you. <laughs> Shelby, welcome to the team tonight. Thanks yeah. for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, I'll be playing Elspeth Silk. She's an Azamar. Um, a bit different because she's um a warlock, but also a cleric. And you'd think that normally they don't go together, but um so her patron's a unicorn, and then she also worships Saloon, whose daughter is LaRue, uh, the mother of the unicorn. So it ties in quite nicely together. And um she grew up in Silvery Moon, uh, in the temple to Saloon. Became a knight of the unicorn uh, one day when they were riding through, and has since been adventuring and um, trying to spread some cheer and some uh, magical vibes, if you will. I'm very excited for your character <laughs> to go through this module this evening. Great, Claire. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so I've been I am going to be playing a character that I have been thinking about for a long time. Uh, their name is Crampernap. Quill Sharpener. They go by Snipper. Uh, and it's a little gender fluid, a little rock gnome druid. And uh, they just really love to be in nature so much. That's where they grew up. And they just really learned everything about where they're from. So they decided to go out and explore a bit more. And they've become an adventurer just so that they can explore every biome that's on the uh, that's in this wonderful realm because they want to know everything about it. And they love animals, but they would never fight with the one because that's just cruel to do that. But they like talking to them and saying, hey. And they're just really here to have a good time and hang out with the lads and lasses and everyone in between. <laughs> Fnipper, that FN is going to be the bane Fnipper. of my existence all night. You're welcome. You for that. <laughs> it's okay. All right, so if we're all ready, without further ado, here begins Lore of LaRue. In your efforts to save the realms thus far in your off-screen campaign, because you've all been traveling together for a specific amount of time that doesn't really matter here, you find yourselves falling down a rabbit hole of clues and discoveries that have culminated to involve a prominent historical figure, Ekamane Truesilver. Records of him date back far enough that reliable information is scarce among Faerun, hence why you've come to Candlekeep. So, a massive, massive library. You are surrounded by books, both on the shelves and off the shelves. Uh, There are piles of books at your feet. Each of you 
carries one book with you that you brought into Candlekeep, and you have all been tasked uh, with shelving your own books. Nick, can you tell us what book Wesley brought to Candlekeep? Yes. So Wesley brought, um, it's this little square, super thin book. Um, It's titled Fairy Tales, but fairy is spelled F-A-E-R-Y. And it's a collection of um, children's stories that all are told around um, Faerun. It's very clearly very well loved and, and, and well used. I love that. So uh, Wesley is off uh, looking for the the fairy tale section uh, in this this small little. I mean, we're in. We'll stay in one section of the library. I think they have uh, enough kind of genres and whatnot that we can find where we need to be. Just so we're all together. Just for me, for the new DM. Uh, Paul, what book did Spelk bring? Uh, Spelk has brought a, a textbook that he wrote and used when teaching the Thay military called Professor Spelk's Guide to Ultimate Success for the Thay Military for Dummies. Wow. <laughs> I love that. Spelk is in the, the militant section looking for a proper spot for that. Claire. Do you have a book that you brought? Oh, I sure do. So it's a very well-loved little notebook that's been bound together by like poking holes in it and then with like twine just tied together. And it's uh, something that I've written myself. It's called The Taste and Effects of Every Mushroom I've Ever Eaten uh, by <laughs> myself, Crampernap, Quill Sharpener, aka Fnipper. It's very, it's got a lot of great stuff in there. I recommend reading it. And I recommend seeking out some of those mushrooms. They're quite fun. <laughs> oh, I bet they are. Uh, Noser, what can you tell us? Um, I've brought a lovely recipe book, a cookbook, called Dank and Dark Mushrooms of the Underdark for Cooking and Other Medicinal Purposes. Wait. And I have tried out a few and have lost many days of memories. We'll have to share notes. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I guarantee you this party has experimented together with those, with those books. Elspeth, did you bring a book to Candlekeep? Um, yes. Elspeth has brought um, Dummy's Guide to Unicorns. Another Dummy's Guide. Those are Those are big these days. People, people like those. Every single topic. I know it. So you guys are uh, spread out throughout uh, this little section of the library, uh, finding appropriate spots for your books. Um, and I want everybody to make a an investigation roll. That's a thirteen for Spelk. Nineteen for Noser. Uh, Fnipper got an eight. Uh, I got a six. Wesley got a nat twenty for a. To what? Uh, it was investigation. Yeah, 25. Let's go. Wesley, as you are passing by uh, one of the, the fairy tale sections, you see a large sign over uh, a wall of books that reads Silvery Moon. Interesting. Elspeth, you know that uh, Silvery Moon and Echomane True Silver at least share some history based on your background. You don't even need to roll for it. Well, that's wonderful because I got a six. Perfect. So I, what do you do? I will run over to Elspeth and, and say, uh, Hey, I, I found this really interesting book over here. What was the the name of the book again? Uh, the bookshelf is is labeled Silvery Moon. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll grab her and say, I found this bookshelf. It, it says Silvery Moon on it. And I, I didn't know if this means anything to you or... or 
Seems like something you might be interested in. Oh, well, um, yeah. I mean, I did come from there, I suppose. But I, I don't know everything about it. But um, perhaps there's something I haven't seen. Um, let's go take a look, shall we? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you approach the bookshelf, and there are there's a pile of books on the ground. Uh, there are several uh, spots in the bookshelf that are that are missing books, and the, all the books are dusty. Some of them are grimy. Uh, Silvery Moon is a very very old city, but there is one book that seems to not have been aged, uh, and it is a bright bright purple. Is there a um, a title on it on the on the spine or anything? Uh, on the spine, it says does it say actually uh i'm gonna say no there's no title on the spine but uh at the bottom it does say ekamane true silver on it do i recognize the name then if they're from silvery moon ekamane yes uh ekamane true silver you uh already know was the first high mage of silvery moon well hmm. i suppose it's um so brilliant looking because um this was written by a mage i bet it's probably well, enchanted mages can be quite um stuffy about their work so they want to make sure it doesn't deteriorate that, that all makes sense to me should we should we crack it open and see what all the fuss is about well i don't see why not it's a library and libraries are after all a place of learning aren't they I, i'll have to take your word for that i suppose uh is well, why don't you do the honors then? Well, all right, I will. So I'll uh, grab the book and, and open her up. As you open it, the page is blank, but it begins to write as if an invisible quill goes across the pages. It reads, Our story starts during the time leading up to the winter solstice on the final night of Uktar in the year 374 DR. A nearly full moon rises behind wispy clouds as a star-speckled sky darkens against a fading horizon. It seems silent and still here in the heart of the forest, but to anyone who knows the forest well, that silence can be misleading. When you are ready to proceed, turn the page. Oh, my. Uh, that was written, gosh. not out loud? That was just written okay, in the book, yes. Yeah, I imagine Elspeth is just, like, like hovering over Wesley's shoulder. Like, oh, well, that's quite interesting, isn't it? Um, should we show, um, we should show the wizard, I was, shouldn't we? I was we? just thinking we should maybe gather everyone up for a little team huddle and, and show them what we found. Yes, anyone found anything interesting? I'm quite done with putting my book back on the shelf. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of books I, about mushrooms over here, so I'm... I come around the corner and I'm holding, like, 18 books like towering over my head <laughs> on the all underdark titles. And I'm just like, oh, I, I can't believe so many books exist. I have so much research to do. What, what, what did you find? Well, I, I found this book. It, it, it says it's written by Ekamane True Silver. And, and uh, when I opened it up, it just kind of started writing. And I'll, I'll show everyone the, the writing oh, that she Oh, it sounds magical. Whoa. Can I do a history check on it? Uh, yeah, by all means. And because I'm a gnome, I believe I have advantage on that. Or I have something. Artificer's lore. And I can add twice my profici proficiency bonus. Words For are sure. hard. Uh, so that makes it a 23. Uh, yes, you know this book to uh, be very ancient. Uh, this is a true primary source. 
Uh, it is written uh, by Echomane True Silver and written long before his death in 712 DR. I'm going to relay that information to the party. Hmm. Oh, goodness me. Very exciting. I just drop all the books and it's like, hmm. It's a beautiful color. I like that color. Purple's a very good color. Elspeth, uh, you noticed mm. on the cover the uh, symbol of Silvery Moon, the right-facing crescent moon with the eight-pointed star in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And you all will notice that this symbol is also what is on her necklace. Um, it's the same symbol. Um, so, Echomane True Silver, I know of them as... um. They were the first high mage of Silvery Moon. I imagine I'm quite surprised that this would be seeming like it's some sort of fictional tale. Perhaps it was a true event. Um, I just I don't know. I don't see a wizard crafting fiction. Um, but perhaps you know everyone has their interests. Yes, well, you never you, know. But what do you do? Should we should we turn the I page? Think we turn the page. Yes, by all means. I would like I'm to know what's excited. next. Very excited, yes. Wesley? All, all right, well, if we're all ready, I, I suppose I'll, I'll, I'll flip that page over. And yes, I do go, please. P- As you flip the page, the book begins to glow. Oh, no. It begins to hum. I pull out my notebook and start it, like, writing everything <laughs> down about what's happening. And after about three seconds, the glow becomes so bright and the hum becomes so loud, it fills your entire senses, and all one, two, three, four, five of you are sucked in to the book. You feel yourselves pulled toward the page uh, from from your foreheads, and you're diving face first through uh, all seasons, all elements. Uh, there is nothing concrete about this journey, but you are twisting and turning and heading toward of seemingly nothingness until suddenly all of you land comfortably uh, in a meadow facing a forest of trees. It is nearing nightfall. You're on the fringe of a meadow that borders a forest. Tall trees of several varieties stretch before you as far as the eye can see. Behind you is a range of formidable mountain peaks. As the remnant of the setting sun dips below the horizon, a rising full moon illuminates the darkening sky. This feels like Page Master, and I <laughs> love it. <laughs> um, I, I I did not take any mushrooms. I I, I is, is this real? What what's going on? I yes, know. I did think that would be a crash landing, but we seem to be all right. It didn't feel real, but it, it sure looks it. Elspeth just will like slowly like stand up, and you said that this is a full moon, yes? Or, or... yes, yes, a rising okay. full moon. Under the full moon, she sort of stands up and, like, her white hair is just sort of, like, glowing very, like, slightly. And, like, she turns to face you and her golden eyes are glowing underneath the moonlight. Um, And her necklace is sort of lit up. And she just sort of, like, looks around and she's quite concerned. Um, I I don't think that we're in Candlekeep anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I have a feeling that you're right. Um, Elspeth, make a perception check. Oh, okay. That's a ten. Uh, where you're standing looks just so vaguely familiar to you, but you can't quite place where you're at. Well, I have been in... I get an odd feeling about this place, but I must be honest with you, um, 
because of my patron, I've been in many meadows underneath the full moon before, so, you know, it could be this one, or perhaps that one, I'm not quite sure. Uh, what type of year what was it when we were at Candlekeep? Does it feel, the weather feel different? Uh, the weather is brisk, uh, far brisker than when you left. Um, it, the night is falling, but it seems colder than a night could admit. It's probably winter, just a mild winter. And I kind of like my cheeks kind of fill out with color and I'm happy and it's colder <laughs> now. And she's like, I look to the stars and hmm, this is a very nice night. And as you say that, a brisk, strong wind comes from behind you, seeming to propel the smallest of you forward. Skulk will kind of ride himself and say, well, in spite of the briskness, uh, Elspeth, do you believe there is cause for concern? You see, you seem to be a little uneasy. Um, well, I don't remember the last time I was teleported through a book, but perhaps that's just me. Um, maybe this is normal for you, but, um, wh- where, where is the book? Uh, do we have it? Wesley? Do I, do I? Wesley, you do not have the book. Oh, uh, no. I must have dropped it maybe when we were coming over here. I, I can't, I, I don't have it anymore. Or perhaps we are truly in the book. Yes. Or it's a dream. I go over and pinch Wesley. Ow. I assume I I felt that. Nose and hands to yourself. Absolutely. (laughs) Everything seems, the the wind is cold, you smell the the forest ahead of you, and you felt the Nipper's going to start, like, trying to taste the grass (laughs) in the meadow, and, like... It tastes like, like grass, <laughs> Best grass you ever had. He's gonna just, like, continually eat uh, some grass. Just very confused. Well, now... I think we might have cause for concern now, Spelk. We don't have the book. We don't know quite where we are, how we got here. It would be a shame. I, I, don't, I don't foresee anything bad happening under such a lovely evening. Well, you know, e- extrapolating from our circumstances, seeing the forest in front of us, knowing that we've d- dove into a book, perhaps we are to go into the forest and, in a way, choose our own adventure on this evening. <laughs> I would really like to go into the forest, please. I, I'm pretty fond of forests, too, so I'm all in. Wesley, you're my pal. Uh, Fnipper. <laughs> you, you too. You start, <laughs> you start moving toward the trees, and just as you get about twenty feet out, you start to hear kind of this raucous uh, singing. And do any of you speak Sylvan? Oh, no, I don't. No, no. Speak Celestial and Elvish, which are kind of like right Sylvan around. You're dancing languages. around Sylvan. Yeah. Uh, so um, you do not understand the language in which they are singing. Um, they just they're just kind of like there there are three voices, and as you get closer, uh three bipedal creatures that combine the features of men and goats laugh drunkenly as they stumble out of the woods. They sway back and forth, and one of them comes up and greets you in Sylvan. Does anyone speak this language? I do not. I sure um, don't. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid uh, I don't. Um, uh, do you speak Gnomish? And I speak some, like, hello in Gnomish. He gives you kind of a, a confused look, and he clears his throat, and he says, <clears throat> in Elvish now, he says, sorry, do you understand me now? Oh, oh yes, I do. I do. Too. 
I still don't. Yes, I do not either, but I believe it's going to be fine. But I liked these guys. And I like the in way Elvish. Elvish sounds. It's very, very <laughs> nice on my ears. He is, he's, because he's drunk, he just chooses to speak the first language that got across. So he he puts his big hand out to Wesley and he says, Hi, my name is Tragos. We're just hanging out in the forest. We would love to get back to where we were, but we're a little lost right now. I'm not in the best state of mind. What, what's your name, man? It's good to meet oh, you. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you, Tragos. My name's Wesley. Um, and and I, I sure wish we could help you, but we kind of just popped in ourselves. Uh, where are you coming from? As you say, we'd like to help you. Uh, one of them that is particularly drunk, he just kind of leans on Tragos and whispers in his ear. He says, hey, maybe they can help us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um- what what's the issue then? Uh, what what is um what's wrong? Hmm. Tragos says, "Listen, we came from Polvarth Plateau. I don't know if you ever heard of it, but it's a safe haven where we can get our party on. You know what I'm saying? So we strayed a little too far. We got a little too drunk, and now the woods are too dangerous for us to get back. You see, he's not a fighter. He's overweight, and I got the sugar. So there's no way that we're gonna be fighting in these woods tonight. Okay? So y'all look pretty strong. You think you could help us out with that? Oh, um. And Elspeth will just sort of say, like, in common, Polver's Plateau. Anyone know what that is? Where that is? Um, Can I, we I see don't... any plateaus nearby? Uh, everything is obscured. Oh, Can I rats. make a history check? Would you allow me? Uh, sure. Well, just to see, you know. You never know. Yeah. That's a hot 19. Yeah, I th- you've heard of it. Uh, it's definitely a, a real place, like you've seen it on a map, um, but you have never been there. Yes, well, I believe they're telling the truth, at least to some degree, because I believe that to be a real yeah. location. Do you... Do you happen to know where that real location is? What it's I saw by? it once. It was on a map. Oh, that's, that's, that's helpful. <laughs> yes, Thank you're, you. You're welcome, yes. Um, <laughs> I, well, they need um, bodyguards, it appears, so that they can get back to the plateau. Um, should we go with them? I, I mean, I don't think we're doing anything else right um, now. Is there... What will you give us for it? Um, what can we, you know, oh. if we're going to be bodyguards, we need to be paid for our service. Good thinking, That's, a, good, that's thinking. a good point, Nother. Um, uh, okay, go ahead. Well, do they speak common? No. Okay, so Elspeth will sort of, like, turn to them and it's like, oh, sorry, see, I thought we would they love- were. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> we would love to help you, but perhaps you can share with us whatever it is that you're hoping to partake in or some other form of payment for this bodyguard detail. And she'll try and make a persuasion check. Go for to it. Persuade them. And hope to roll higher than a 10. Oh. Seven plus seven Ooh. is 14. Okay. Um, he has a, a, a water skin in his hand, and he looks at it kind of greedily and looks back at you. And he, he turns to his right, turns to his left, and he sees uh, the water skin on. His friend, his super drunk friend's belt, and he takes that off, and he says, "Will you take this? It'll, I swear to God, it'll get you the trick." Thank you. And I just sort of like turn to the party. I'm like, "Huh?" Yeah, well. He says, oh, "Listen, listen." He's he's getting desperate now. He's like, "If that's not enough for you, he's like, I'll, I'll introduce you to Feynor. He's a personal friend of mine. You're gonna like him. I promise you." Um. 
All right. I mean, one can never have too many friends. Um, I don't know quite who this Feanor is, but that sounds agreeable to me. And I suppose... Wesley, how about you? You can understand what's um, going on. Oh, yeah, I mean, I don't know anyone else here. Might as well meet some more folks. Uh, maybe some who are uh, a little more uh, normal state of mind that could kind of help us know what's going on around <laughs> here. I'm into it. You have my support, whatever it is. I don't really know what's going on, but... <laughs> I have no idea. Would you oh, yes. like a drink? Same to I... me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tragos hears Wesley's uh, admission, and he's, uh, he just takes your hand. He takes Wesley's hand again and says, Thank you, thank you so much. I knew you was a good guy when I came up here. Please, please. Would you just It's right that we're just heading straight north. It's just... It's scary in there, man. And, and you see, we're just in no state. This guy doesn't even talk over here at all. There's a third one that has not said a word. And he's like, and he's plastered. Just, we really appreciate it. And he starts heading toward the, uh, the woods. Sure. Well, oh. I suppose we're well, on I'm, our way. I yeah. do have the option to become an eagle to kind of scout out if we are feeling like we might want to do that. Or I could say that whatever we're thinking, you know. Yes, well, I can also fly, so if you would Will like to that? sort of... We, we could go, <laughs> go on opposite sides and help the group from, from the flank. That seems like a great idea. Yes, Flipper, you're going to be a friend of mine. <clears throat> I love birds. Yeah, are these woods dangerous? Should I, should I armor up? They, um, they did say that uh, they were too dangerous to traverse to, at night alone. Because they were, one had the sugar or something like that. I'm not sure what that meant, but... Perhaps a bit lost in trend. It might have been like a local phrase. I'm not quite sure. I'm going to cast Mage Armor. I was just about to silently cast Mage Armor on myself. (laughs) And I'm going to cast Enhance Ability on myself, which lasts for an hour and gives, and do Owl's Wisdom. So I will have advantage on Wisdom checks. So like Perception, stuff like that. So you enter into the woods with the three satyrs, and uh, as you're walking, uh, Tragos, he's really taken a liking to Wesley, uh, and he says, Listen, man, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, I gotta tell you, it's been weird around here lately. Usually these woods are, are, are pretty, pretty cool, but... There have been like, there's been some weird thunder in the distance when there ain't been no storms. I mean, we've seen that. Uh, Arteglio said over here says he saw some red lightning one night, and Funagi over here he keep trying to trying to tell me about something about some strangers in the woods, but you know he don't talk, so I I can't get any any anything out of him. But it, you guys showed up really at the right time. You say are, are you guys like fighters? You also look strong. Oh, we we've been a. Uh... A group of, of pals who've been hanging out and, and just solving problems where, as we come across them. Uh, how long have these strange occurrences been going on? You know, it's only been about a ten day, but man, it came on quick. I can't explain it. I'm gonna ask the group if anyone's familiar with Red Lightning or, or Thunder where there's no storms. Um, I've heard of thunder snow before, where it's thunderous lightning, lightning during a, a snowstorm. But other red lightning, I've never heard of before. Everybody, make a perception check. It's a this, nine. Is this different? Nine for me and Spelk. Are we? We're flying about, right? Yes, I believe we're in the air. About yeah, same. Uh, as you uh, get about 
20 feet into the air right before you break the the trees uh there is there seems to be a barrier of sorts that will not allow you to breach the trees <laughs> it is invisible uh you didn't see it coming it doesn't hurt you it just will not let you uh, go past the tree line. Well, that's curious, is it not? <laughs> Can't wait to see how that comes into play. Elspeth <laughs> <laughs> got a 23. That's all right. So, Elspeth, uh, as you're walking, you see uh, a nearby tree uh, bleeding a golden sap. Oh, um, well, that's that's quite interesting. Targos? Tra- Tragos? Targos? It's pronounced Tragos. Tragos, okay. Um, what what is um that curious substance over there? That oh that's uh well I don't know Artelio you know what they call that and Artelio just in, in a drunk stupor uh shakes his head but he Artelio walks over to it he he dips his finger in it and sucks on it and he seems to get a little less drunk he seems to stand up a little straighter and kind of shakes it off a little bit but still drunk uh Nipper who has come out of wild shaping as an eagle and is upset that they're not flying around at the sky right now. <laughs> Seeing somebody else eating some sap takes that as an invitation to eat some sap. So they're going to eat some sap. Okay. Uh, you take it and you feel that uh, it. you somehow feel stronger, but you you felt pretty strong anyway, because uh, it's it's early in, in your adventure. So, uh, but if you want to make a, uh, either a nature or a survival check. Great. I'm gonna do probably a nature check. Yes, indeed. 16. Uh, you immediately recognize it to have healing properties. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's great. I'm gonna take my ink bottle that I have, dump it out, and put some of that sap in there. This might be good for later, you see. It's good call, Fnipper. Thank you, thank you. I'm familiar with substances of the earth. <laughs> I take an empty, empty flask and fill it as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you too? Yeah, I mean, as much as there, as many as we can fill. All right. The, and with, we have. With that uh, admission, you have enough for four doses. Yes. Wonderful. I was wondering who all was going to take some. Um, this is 2d plus 2 hit point uh, 2d4 sorry plus 2 hit points uh, whenever you take it got it um and uh, as you're walking artelio he he's a little less drunk now he uh he says dragos i told you over and over what uh, i i understand what funagi's talking man you just got to ask me what he's saying if you don't understand him and he turns to Elspeth, and he said, I'm so sorry, Tragos is not, he's not usually our spokesperson, it's usually me, but I had a lot to drink. So, there's recently been these strangers, these 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 tribes folk, They've I've seen them wandering around the forest, Funagi's seen them too, and they're just going around killing animals. They didn't, we didn't used to have a poaching problem here, man. That's, that's awful. I'm saying. I, I'm a, I'm a vegan. I, I don't, um, I don't condone the killing of animals. This is awful. Well, you wouldn't like these guys because they're pretty rough. I mean, Funagi saw some, but I, I can't even talk about. It. He starts <laughs> tearing up a little bit. He says, "These animals." I, I don't think Elspeth is too. She's like, "I, I think that we must put 
I'll put a stop to this. They don't so, deserve it, man. What did he say? What What did he say? I, I didn't understand what they said. Oh, it seems that um, some tribes folk or, or, or someone are coming through and killing animals. Oh, no, that's not good. We got to take no, them out. No, no, Put a stop to that. Um, I look around. Uh, I have the ability to talk to small beasts. Yeah, you do. So do I see any, do I see any little creatures around anywhere? Make a perception check. That is a 15, I believe. Yes. You do not. In fact, it's kind of quiet. It's kind of eerily quiet right now. Um, and Fnipper, as uh, a druid, you, you can sense a smidge of danger in the Mm. air. I sense a smidge of danger in the air. Oh dear. (laughs) Just a smidge. What does that mean exactly? Uh, It's just something about being a druid. (laughs) I can just sense it. Oh, it's too quiet in these it's woods. Too quiet, not an animal to be heard, which I also do not like. Perhaps but, there are people but, watching us. I do always um, feel how like much that. Exactly, is a smidge enough to be scared? As you say, there are people watching us. You hear a snarl from behind a tree, and it says, "We waited too long." Everybody, roll initiative. <laughs> oh God! Oh dear! Uh, Ron, what'd you get? Uh, Noser got an 18. Wesley? Wesley got a 7. Woo! Spilk. That's a 17. Uh, Elspeth? Also a 17. But my dexterity is a plus 1. Are you more dexterous? Mine's a 2. Okay, so right. Spilk first. Uh, and Snipper. Nat 20, a Natty Yeet, uh, with my Yeet and Fuck Dice. Um, so a 21. Yeah! Great. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, so, from out, because you were sensed to the danger, you were not uh, surprised, but out from the underbrush pounce two werebores, and they come charging at all of you uh, with drooling uh, fangs and fnipper. You can go first. Wow, 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 wow. Okay. Uh, not a fan of them. So I would like to cast Tidal Wave at them. Okay. Conjuring up a wave of water that crashes down on an area with range, 30 feet long, 10 feet wide. Can I catch both of them in it? Uh, yes, they are about 20 feet away from you, and they are about 5 feet apart. Beautiful. So it's going to be towards them, or at them, and that is a dex save. Dex save is uh, gonna be a 15. That is my modifier. Or that's the save. So that's gonna be 7 after it's halved. Thank you. And I would like to pull out my club. Next is Noser. Okay. I like, whoa, 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 stop, stop, stop! And then I cast Suggestion on one of the werewolves. You need to stop your friend from hurting us! How does Suggestion work? couple of sentences um, it basically is a charm do I have to make a save it's a saving throw yes wisdom um wisdom yes that is a 10 that is a fail yes um it is concentration up to eight hours so that person is going to uh charmed they pursue the course of action described to the best of its ability all right uh so you see the werebore on the right as as they're 
uh, charging from out of the of the underbrush. He gets a kind of a glazed look on his face. He looks at his friend and he gives a big and he puts out a foot uh, right in front of him, uh, which trips his friend who falls prone on the ground. So no one hurt, no one hurt our friend here. Okay, I tell everybody. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Spelk. Um, before I go, is this is this something I would have seen Noser do before? Like I, I hear the suggestion, but I know it's not actually uh, an advice not to attack somebody. Can I make well, an insight don't, check? On don't Noser hurt the person I charmed. Basically, I've done this before <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm sure you've seen Noser okay. suggest before. Okay. And you know how that works. That if if you gotcha. attack that person, they cease to be suggested. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, so with that in mind, uh, Spoke is going to send a firebolt at the the tripped, non-suggested uh, werebore, and that is they're knocked prone. Yeah. Yes. At advantage. Yeah. Advantage, baby. That's going to be a twenty-three to hit. That is surely going to hit. Oh, hell yeah! That is going to be. Uh, nine points of fire damage. Okay. And after that hits, he's going to say, Good thinking, Noser. I, I, I always forget. I'm a very good thinker. Yeah, yes, you are. Yes, you are. And Elspeth. So, um, on the ground, I suppose, I'm going to um, hold up my hands and try to shoot out an Eldritch Blast at them. And we'll see if that hits. Or a 20... Sure does. As she holds up her hands, um, this pink and golden light shoots from her palms as it deals nine force damage. Excellent. That thing is on the ground just writhing in pain. <laughs> Still a snarl. It's, it's angry at this point. And she's going to back up away from it. And that will be her turn. Going on to the werebores. Um, so the guy on the ground uses half his movement to stand up. He charges toward you. Um, so he gets up and he was particularly hurt by uh, that most recent Eldritch Blast. So he charges Elspeth and makes a mall attack. So he charges, uh, yeah, he charges 15 feet. I'm sensing I shouldn't have backed up. <laughs> <laughs> that is a 10 to hit. It's gonna miss. With his multi-attack. Tries again. And that's a natural one. Ooh. Boom. So he is so angry that he is just blinded by rage, and he comes at you with eyes closed, <laughs> uh, gnashy teeth. Um, since he charged, uh, he got ahead of his compatriot, who is uh, using his movement to approach the werebore, so... Help us, friend! Help us! And he will come up, and he will attack his friend while he's attacking yes. his friend. Yes! That's amazing. I love that for us! <laughs> Elspeth's just staring That's at them like, um, I don't quite know what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> that is a hit. Well done. Um... Okay, and with a multi-attack, he does it again, and that's another hit. Yes. Best case scenario! Yes! Um, moving on to... Uh, and you, I mean, the the, the first werebore is, like, 
I mean, confused and angry and like probably his second attack missed on Elspeth because he was busy dodging this attack from his so-called friend. Moving on to uh, Wesley. Perfect. Um, I will pull out my long bow and let's see. Let's go. How about a 20, a dirty 20 to hit? Yes. Perfect. Yes, yes, yes. And um, because I have the Colossus Slayer, I get an extra 1d8 once per turn for damage. Um, yeah. So that is 7 plus for 11 points of piercing. Piercing doesn't seem to make a dent. Uh, the the arrow comes in and kind of like just bounces off. His hide is too thick. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh no. Um, oh no. Well, um, for an extra action, I suppose I'll go ahead and cast, or for a bonus action rather, um, Hunter's Mark on that that injured one. And that will be the end. Back to the top of the round with Nipper. Um, how far away is the injured one from me? Uh, the injured one, uh, you guys are we're probably within like a nice ten foot uh, radius of each other, and it is right on Elspeth. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. So then I'm going to cast Flame Blade as a bonus action, uh, which gives me a fiery scimitar. Um, that I hold in my hand, and I'm going to use that to attack. I hate fire. I hate fire. I only use it when I have to. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that's a 12. And that is a hit. Yes! (laughs) Which then does 3d6 fire damage. Okay. This thing is so cool, and I have it until I drop it. Oh. That was not a good roll. It's okay. Well, it's eight points of damage. I got one six and two ones. What is it with you rolling 3d6? I don't know. I don't know. I rolled an 18 when creating this character. That was was a hell of a roll. You sent us picture proof of that. Epic. (laughs) Yes. Is that the end of your turn? I'll probably back away just a little bit to be out of, like, swiping range. Okay. Um, No, sir. (laughs) I am concentrating on the suggestion spell, so I'm going to cast a Ray of Frost at, yes, at the interval, and then I'm going to back the hell up behind everybody. That is a, a 25? Yep. Yeah. Oh, boy. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. For six points, yes, six points of cold damage, and its speed is reduced by ten feet until the start of my next turn. He is not looking well. Moving on to Spelk. Um, they're both still up, right? Uh, correct. Okay, cool. So um, Spelk is going to look at Noser and say, "Ice and fire, right? Like before." The previous it's, it's, adventures yes. we've had. Ice and fire. Ice and fire. <laughs> Spoke is going to send another firebolt at the injured one uh, from behind his blue robe wing. That's kind of like a shield, which they have seen him do before. Uh, that's going to be a th- an 18 to hit. Uh, that hits. Big bet. So that is going to be uh, 12 points of fire damage. Describe your kill, Paul. Yeah. Yes. Um... 
I I think the the interaction with with Noser was so invigorating that Spelk puts a little extra juice behind this firebolt, and instead of the fire damage uh, being the thing, I think it's the um, well, it is fire damage, but maybe the uh, the fire damage kind of breaks the neck of the werebore as it falls down. So the werebore cleanly, I mean, he's out before he hits the ground. Uh, his neck is shattered as he falls, uh, and his there's a, <laughs> a horrible scorch mark across his neck, and his his friend is standing there just kind of like, <sighs> just kind of drooling at him, and gives a slow burn over to Noser. <laughs> Elspeth is just standing there. She's sort of just like covering like her eyes as all these fire attacks are hitting right in front of her. Um, and just sort of like, you know, takes her hands away from her face. Just like, eh, um, is it over? Um, and she looks uh, down it at not, it. It's not over. Oh, Because okay. he completed his mission. Thank you, friend. Thank you. You can go now. And he just stands there, just... <sighs> he's... He, he's also right in front of Elspeth, uh, right? Yes, but he's looking at Noser. Okay. Uh, oh, he's, he's very near oh. you. Oh. Okay. Um, Spelk. He's bored poorly. <clears throat> uh, that's the end of Spelk. Oh, I'm sorry, that was your turn. Uh, Elspeth, it is your turn. She uh, just sort of like turns the other werebore and looks at it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I'm going to try and cast Shocking Grasp on it. Okay. Does a nine hit? It does not. Okay. <laughs> Um, all right, change of plans. And I'm going to cast Misty Step on myself and uh, teleport 30 feet away. Sweet. Smart. That does not provoke Sweet. an opportunity attack. Does not. Yep. No. Very good thinking. Um, cool. So uh, moving on to... Who's number five? Me. So the <laughs> werebore uh, is looking at Noser. It doesn't even notice that Elspeth uh, Misty stepped away. Yeah. And it uh, Noser is about probably what ten feet away? Would you say? I I use my entire movement to back up. So uh, which, yes, yes. Which is how far? Uh, twenty five feet. Okay. <laughs> a little short. Um, I'm a little short. <laughs> so this werebore charges uh, toward you. Uh, with this a, is going to hurt! With a maul attack. When it reaches you, it is a... Oh, actually, maybe not. That is an eight to hit. That will definitely miss, yes. Uh, still, there now Now he's the one who's angry. And his multi-attack uh, will be... Uh, he, he bends down real low and takes a swipe at you with one of his tusks for a 23 to hit. That will hit, yes. Okay, you're going to take 17 points of slashing hey. damage. Nope. Don't care for uh, that. And you count as humanoid, right? Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> constitution saving throw. I hate it. Oh, but. Could not be me. No, fam, no. <laughs> okay. So, that's a 13. Oh, you just saved oh. contracting werebore lycanthropy. <laughs> so. Tusks are so unbecoming. Lycanthropy is so scary. But you did get... He did get a chunk out of you. Ow! Um, that <laughs> concludes the werebore's turn. It is now Wesley's turn. I, I, I say in his face as he does that. He's like, what happened to your friend's gonna happen to you if you don't go away? And he just gives a... <laughs> 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 he 
okay. his breath is awful. Um, before taking my action, I'm going to look to uh, Noser and say, "Do I? Before doing this, do I have your blessing to to punch this werebore in the face?" Okay, hit him! Hit him perfect. Hit him. Just wanted yes, to make sure. Yes, please. So hit him. I'm going to run up uh, and put my longbow away, and we're going for um, an arm strike for a thirteen to hit. Uh, that does hit. Perfect. And then um, I'll go ahead and use my uh, Colossus Slayer to get a little extra damage for uh, six points of bludgeoning. Um, again, it does not seem oh, to affect him. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Tragic! <laughs> great. Um, he doesn't even feel you. He's, cool. he's still focused on Nozer. Sick. Okay, great. Well, uh, that that's that's what we've got, friends. <laughs> it will come into use later, I'm sure. We'll see. This yeah, that's fine. This is just a roll of dice. Uh, <laughs> moving on to Fnipper. Top of the round. Fnipper's doing their best to run over. Uh, is Noser within 25 feet? Noser and the guy? Yes. Okay, great. We're just uh, gonna we're gonna flame blade again. And say gnomes before hoes! <laughs> 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 that needs to be a t-shirt. <laughs> uh, which is a 13 to hit. Uh, that'll hit. Beautiful. Okay. Which is uh, eight points of fire damage yet again. Sweet. Is that your turn? Uh, yeah. Noser. I am going to cast sleep at third level. Because I don't know how many hit points he has left. Go ahead. Okay. okay. Now, what is this? You have to roll... Whatever you roll has to be above his current hit points. Yes. Got it. Let's see. Higher levels. So, God, I may have overdone it. 98. Okay. (laughs) Jesus. Um, You never know. 51 points. It does not affect him. Oh. (laughs) I hate that. Terrifying. (laughs) You see his, his eyelids might hover for a second, but he shakes it off, and now he's even madder. Oh boy, my boy, god. Boy. These are. Um, um, oh no. I think I have to do this. I'm going to run away. I'm running away. Okay. <laughs> provokes an opportunity attack. That is a 16 to hit. 16 does and hit, yes. You take 5 points of bludgeoning damage. Next is. Spelk. Uh, so the, the party would know that uh, Spelk's become kind of a pyromaniac recently. And um, in an effort to protect himself from the red wizards, uh, so he he feels bad about uh, Elspeth feeling like she needs to misty step away. So he's going to change tactics upon seeing Noser's <laughs> um, Noser's predicament. He's going to grasp the key that hangs around his neck, which is his arcane focus, and cast hold person on the werebore uh, because it's a humanoid. Yeah, right. It's dead on- he's in his I don't think so. hybrid form right now. So he's like boar humanoid. I don't think that counts. Okay, I don't think it does. Then that's does something count. that uh, Spoke would not do because he would know better than you the would person playing him. <laughs> so um, we're just gonna <laughs> launch another firebolt at at the, uh, the motherfucker. Uh, do it. That's gonna be a twenty-two to hit for sure. It we really is, it. and that's gonna be a solid twelve points of fire damage. Nice. So sorry, Elspeth, trying to get it under control. Oh, um, it's okay. Next is Elspeth. Um, a- after shouting that out, she's going to fling her hand out and try to cast Guiding Bolt on the werebore. 
perfect. Really hope it hits. Okay. Six plus seven. That hits. Thirteen. That hits. She's got it. Okay. So she, like, flings her hand out and, like, this magic forms and it, like, forms into, like, a unicorn horn and just, like, shoots across the field doing 16 radiant damage. Nice. Very nice. And next attack has advantage, right? Yes, next attack has advantage. And um, for my bonus action... I am going to use my healing light ability uh, for my Celestial Wardlock, and I will give uh, 2d6 uh, healing points to um, Noser. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um, Okay, so that's going to be six uh, points of healing to you. Six, okay. Maybe, maybe get away from it. Uh. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. <laughs> That'll be her turn. It is the werebore's turn. Uh, Ron, did you okay. say, did you get away? It got the opportunity. I, I, I did get away, yeah. Um, then. If I survive the attack, then I can yeah, get away. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, The werebore turns and is, he's, he's still, his hair is still burning a little bit. And that is, uh prompting him to change targets he goes for the one casting the fire and that is spelk so oh, he can oh, thank Christ. he can get to you uh, in his <laughs> I mean I'm sorry his full movement his He's breathing heavy mall attack is a 21 to hit that's gonna do 11 points of bludgeoning tremendous and I'm sorry, his multi-attack with his yeah, man. tusk is a nine to hit. I does not hit. Good for you. He takes. He has <laughs> to go uh, in such a way as to crane his neck in such a way that he he has a, it's a blind swipe and he misses you. Yeah, he does. Um, that'll be it. And moving on to Wesley. Okay, friends. Um, let me see. I think. I think one of the only things... Use magic, use magic, you use know, magic. I, I sure wish I could, but but none of my magic <laughs> seems to be doing much. Um, I am going to um, run over to Fnipper, and there's the um, assist action that gives her um, advantage, I think, right? Yes. I think yep. um, that is Gorge. the most useful thing I can do um, against these, these fools. So, uh... I'll run over and say whatever you need, Fnipper. I'm I'm here to help you. Fnipper's <laughs> uh, gonna do a little high five. Oh, teamwork! <laughs> Just as uh, your friendly DM, um, she her first attack will already have advantage due from the guiding bolt. Oh. Um, so if you would like to hold an action for uh, the next attack, I'll let you do that. I hold your assist for that. I I would love that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I appreciate absolutely. you. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Moving on to Fnipper. You, uh, the, the, the werebore glows with uh, the celestial light that Elspeth uh, shot at it. Amazing. I love that so much. Um, okay. Uh, f- first question is, Wesley, do you have a... No, I still have my club in my hand. Okay, okay, okay. As a bonus action, I'm going to use the cantrip, I cannot pronounce it, Shillelagh? Shillelagh. Oh, Shillelagh. Shillelagh. Yeah, that one. Shillelagh. <laughs> um, to 
take my uh, wood, my club, and um, imbuing it with nature's power, the weapon becomes magical. I'm going to hand that off to Wesley and say, give this one a go. Which will then make it, it's only, I think, 1d8 plus 4, but like, it does damage, yeah, uh-huh. I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. And then uh, we're just going to keep going with my little flame blade that I have and give it a little charge and try to stab it with some fire again. Oh, rats. Oh, now it's an advantage. You have advantage. Oh, yeah, Beautiful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Still rats. What are they? Uh, 12? 12 hits, girl. I'm going to let, yeah, 12 hits. Amazing. The first one was a 10. That would have oh. Okay, okay. Cool, 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 cool. Nine points of damage. Moving up in the world. Not amazing. Not looking good. Moving on to... I find you boring. <laughs> oh, no, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to... I don't want to waste any more spell slots on this loser. <laughs> um, I'm going to cast Ray of Frost. Actually, no, I'm going to do Ray of Frost. Yes. Okay. So um, Wesley's aid action goes off, and you have advantage. Okay. Awesome. I just made a rolled a dirty twenty though. So okay. Well, maybe you get a natural. natural. That's true. You never know. Uh, nope, I did not. Okay. Well, the dirty twenty. The suspense was great. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, Eleven points of ice damage. He is wavering, but he is still up. You've got a little icicle on the tip of your nose. You should do something about that. He goes cross-eyed, trying to look at it, and he's still snarling. <laughs> um, Spelk. Uh, Spelk just right in this thing's face is going to point blank fire off another fire bolt. Oh, don't worry. Spell could take care of it. And that's going to be a hot 25 to hit. That's a hot hit. Thanks, buddy. You are. uh, 12 points of fire damage. Paul, describe your kill. Thank the Lord. (laughs) Dang. Spell got a buff between Minds of Madness and this. He wasn't hitting shit before. Um, It's going to be the exact same type of neck situation as the previous one, except it's just gonna snap back a little bit, because it's so close, you know? Yes, it's right yes. In the face. So, point blank, the the quiet forest is suddenly filled with a <laughs> crack of an echo, and the werebore falls silent, slowly drops to his knees, and to the ground, and you are out of combat. I go over to the satyrs, and I'm like, do you have any of what you've been drinking? Um, <laughs> The satyrs uh, are nowhere to be seen, but you know where they are. You go over to a tree, and one of them just like holds out a shaky hand from behind <laughs> the tree with a flask. Take and, it, and it goes right behind, Such right back behind the tree. And uh, you hear Trago <laughs> say, "Are they gone?" Uh, yes, no, no, thanks to you, they're gone. Oh, Spelk, I would yes, like to say gone. you're very consistent, and I really appreciate that about you. Yes, thank you. I've realized that my, my fire may be upsetting to some. It's a whole thing with what I'm dealing with, so I'm trying to shake it up a bit. But it's very effective, you see. I agree! And I'll drop the flame blade. <laughs> I was simply afraid that my dress would get burned, but um, it appears to not have a mark on it, so thank you. Yes. I will keep that in mind. I will keep them away from your hemmings. Oh, thank you. Do we deem this worthy, perhaps, of 
speaking with the corpses. Um, are there? <laughs> ask ask your satyr friends if there's more of them out there. Oh, oh, that's um, Artelio, uh, Tregos, mm. um. So, are there? Is there more of where that came from? You know, I I can't. I I've seen so much in this forest the past couple of days. I don't know what else is out here. So, uh, there very well could be more of them. Uh, and there could be other stuff too. We better get a move on. To be honest with you. Oh, um, Snipper, is your smidge sensor going off anymore, or are we in the clear? May I uh, put chance attempt to perceive? <laughs> do a what is going do on? a nature oh, check for me. Nature, check. okay, that's even better. Smidge Thank check. you. A niche check. That's uh fourteen. Uh, yeah the uh the birds seem to be re- returning a little bit. Uh, it, you it's still were resting or coming down off the heat of battle. So like, there's no cacophony, but uh, you don't feel quite the same, Peter Tingle. I think we should proceed with caution, but there's no part of my spider heritage that is uh, <laughs> being aware currently. So oh, I think we can do proceed. Know, do you know how to spider climb as well, then? I do indeed. Yeah. Oh, Some people call me the spider gnome. But oh, only my friends. Well, um, it's me. It was me. I can't <laughs> and, uh, Funagi true. is like 20 steps ahead of you guys and just like his hoof is against a tree or a rock, and he's just so <laughs> to get everybody's attention, and he gives you like a "let's go" motion, but he doesn't speak. That sounds great. Well, without without further ado, <laughs> are we in trouble? Oh, Wesley, can I have my club back? But it, if you ever need it, just let oh, me know. Oh yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, do that little trick yeah. for you, so you can actually do <laughs> something. Oh, my, just my kidding, apologies. Just I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as you keep moving, Never, Artilio uh, apologizes. They're still so young. <laughs> Artilio says, "I'm so sorry about Finagi. He, he's he's real skittish, and he doesn't like to be out here. So so we, uh, he's not trying to be rude. He's just trying to get back home to Polvarth. You know what I mean? Well, we did just get attacked by boars. That's what I'm so saying. It's tough around here. It's scary. <laughs> it sure is tough for a small. He's a he's a quiet. So he's glad a, you guys are here. Thing. He's a quiet fella, isn't he? Another he doesn't human. doesn't talk much." Oh, he had his, his tongue ripped out when he was a like, young kid. Well, that'll do it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Did you get the kid joke uh-huh. in there? <laughs> oh, oh. Seder. There it goes. Uh, so as you keep walking, uh, you're walking toward the north, and uh, you, you come across uh, a, a clearing in the trees, uh, and uh, as you do... Tragos, Artelio, and Funagi—they're—they're uh, they're spirits lift, and they—they—they uh, they forget about you completely. And Tragos says, "Yeah, we're home." And Artelio says, "Save some for me." And Funagi just like runs off into the distance. Um, and before you stands a maple tree of impossibly large size in the center of an open area, nearly 100 feet in diameter. Shafts of light cut through the leafy canopy overhead and reflect off thin streams of water that trickle along in between the tree's gnarled, thick roots. As you approach the trunk of the tree, the satyrs gamble ahead of you, elated to be back in their safe haven. But suddenly, the tree seems to come awake. It gives off a guttural noise, and it speaks. Pardon my rudeness for being asleep, it says. 
It's been a long time since I've seen travelers like you in these parts. And a face appears on the tree, which is a tree. Is this a Deku tree? A Deku tree. Did you just say pardon my rootness or pardon my rudeness? Um, I thought I heard that as well. He, <laughs> I hope it was both. He gives you a hearty. <laughs> he said, I, I did not mean to say that, but that's funny, isn't it? He speaks very slowly. <laughs> uh, the, the bark of the tree creates a, a big underbite uh, oh. in his in his face, and so that, that affects his speech. Um Snipper's gonna really oh. slowly come up and just hug this tree as best as this tiny three foot four gnome can. Oh, hello, and you're majestic. A big branch comes down and pats you on the shoulder. Oh. This is the best day of Snipper's life. <laughs> um, I slowly put away the little like maple syrup spike that I pulled <laughs> in my pocket. <laughs> oh no! Uh, hold on. It did not notice. <laughs> Imagine. Um, he's, he looks at the rest of I wanted pancakes. He looks at the rest <laughs> of you and he says, um, What brings you to Polvarth Plateau? A book. Ooh, we've made it then. Um, we were pulled in here by a book written by Echomane Truesilver. Do you, do you know of them? No, it's not a name familiar to me. What perhaps is your name? Oh, forgive my rudeness. <laughs> my name <laughs> is Fainor. Oh, you're the one that we were meant to be introduced to. Um, well, I'm Elspeth, Elspeth Silk. It's a pleasure. And the pleasure is all mine. You all look quite capable to be traveling through the forest at this time. Have you seen any of the trouble out there? We sure have. Yeah, just a, a bit. little bit of it, yeah. We, t- we took care of it. We have heard many rumors of strangers in the forest. This is getting a little like uh, Macho Man Savage on me. Did you see any of those tribe folk out there? N- not any oh, of them. No. We saw some uh, werebores. Oh. Yes, question. Good. Did they transform back into humans when they were killed? Or did um, they stay? They stayed. Okay. Uh, and he says, yes, the forest is not without its threats, but it is the tribe's folk that worry me the most. You see, they have been coming through the forest and killing our wildlife. That's mm. terrible. That's um, my friends, I don't mean to be too forward, but I believe I would do absolutely anything for Faymor. I agree, I, I also agree. agree. I trust him implicitly, you see. I have not stopped hugging this tree. I'm so in love. Faymor, will you, can I, will you be my deity? If I can. Oh. <laughs> he a big laugh that shakes his trunks and he says, I promise you I am not that important. Yes, you are to me, you are. <laughs> he looks over at Elspeth and he says, You say you will do anything for old Fainor, will you? Well, I suppose. It is good that you are here. There is a place ahead in the forest known as the Pool of Eternal Spring. Ooh. It is 
That sounds yes, wonderful. It usually is a beautiful place, but recently I fear that it has been tainted. Oh, no. Evil doings have been afoot in the forest, and the spring has been sullied, and the forest, including me, is beginning to feel its effects. Horrible. Oh, what, what does them? Um, what does it feel like? Uh, he starts. He thinks. He looks up and says, "It is hard to explain to humanoids. It is a withering deep within my roots." I don't. We can't have that, can we? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. This is my deity now. <laughs> Fainor, we will do our absolute best to return the pool of eternal spring back to its splendor and remove this tainted essence from it. Oh, I am eternally grateful. May I suggest that on your way northward toward the pool, that you visit the community of Dewlight? They are pixies and sprites that surely will have more information for you. You see, I cannot move from my rooted spot. They are my eyes of the forest, so to speak. Oh, um, that sounds wonderful. Fainor, do you happen to, um, have any unicorn den- denizens of this forest? Well, surely you speak of Luru. Leru is the, we like to call her the Mistress of Moonlight. She is uh-huh. the yes. deity guardian of this forest. She works under the tutelage of Mieliki, who is the god of this forest. And she works for the coexistence of all beings within it. I think I might know where we are. And Elspeth just goes into internal freakout as she has worshipped LaRue her entire life. And is just like, under the moon, like, like oh my gosh, I'm really here. He says, do you know of LaRue? I, I, I do. I've um only worshipped her my whole life. And um, you see, I made, um, I get my powers from one of her unicorns. And also her mother I follow. And, you know, it's just... This whole intertwined connection sort of thing. He gives a, another big <laughs> laugh and he says, Truly, you are meant to pass through this forest today. I could not agree more. Tears. <laughs> <laughs> a branch points north uh, and he says, If you will continue this way, you will surely stumble upon the dew light. But please take this with you. And he strains for just a moment, and one of his roots bursts from the ground, and hanging from it is a little potion on a string that he holds just in front of no one specifically. I reach for it, well. <laughs> and he <laughs> will lower it. it for you. Knows it. <laughs> uh, and he says, this is a potion of strength, specifically of a, that of a hill giant. Should you find anything dangerous in the woods, I surely hope this will come to your aid. And I immediately give it to Wesley. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I'll take that from you. <laughs> and he looks at Wesley. He says, I sense that you are young. You do not have many rings on your trunk. <laughs> well, not yet, sir, but I'm working my way up. Well, use that well little one. 
Uh, I will, thank you. He says, I, I do not mean to be rude, but I must insist that you move forward. I, f- I feel the withering now. It is getting worse as I speak. Feynor, anything for you. I love you so much. And I love you, little ones. Um, uh, Feynor, uh, as we're walking away, um, I kind of hang back a second. I was like, um, have you ever heard of pancakes? <laughs> I do not believe I have. It is this like flour-based bread, and you put some maple syrup <laughs> sap on it. If you have any extra, I would love to buy some off of you. I'm very hungry right now. And his barky brow uh, kind of lifts one eyebrow. And <laughs> he says, uh, I... I, if, if, if something, if I can do anything for you for helping me, I just ask that you take it from my backside as the front is, is the moneymaker. <laughs> he starts laughing and gives you a big toothy grin. Okay, I get no, a bowl. Sir, <laughs> yes, yes. Perhaps we should collect it um, after we, after um, Feynor is no longer withering. Oh, 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 okay. It might taste right. better. That's true, that's true, that's true, it's very true. Um, I will tell you all about pancakes in, in exchange for for some of your your sap. Thank you. Thank I you. Thank you. To Thank, it. You. Thank you so much. Good luck out there. Be safe. Thank you, Feynor. Oh. I love you so very much. Anything for you. We'll see you later. Bye, Feynor. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, thank you, sir. I really appreciate it. <laughs> and wow. uh, Trail North is presented to you. Next time on Lore of LaRue, the champions of Feanor travel deeper into the mysterious forest in search of the source of the corruption. You have been listening to a severed side quest. Lore of LaRue, a Candlekeep mystery, was written by Kelly Lynn D'Angelo. Fnipper was played by Claire Clausen. Spelk by Paul Gary. Elspeth by Shelby Hall. Noser by Ron Murphy. And Westley by Nick Reese. Tonight's DM has been Ross Griffin. You can find Severed Studios on Twitter at Severed Sons DND. Special thanks to Wizards of the Coast, D&D Beyond, and Sirenscape, because epic games need epic sound. Additional music by Monument Studios and Andre Sitkoff. And as always, stay frosty. If the last two years have taught me anything, other than the fact that I'm never actually going to make sourdough bread at home, it's that human beings thrive in communities of like-minded people. We may not be able to see the people we care about every day, but the internet has ways to bridge the gap. That's why I'm inviting you to join the Severed Sons Discord, where members of our awesome community talk about whatever's on their minds. Anime, video games, art, theater, D&D, of course and very serious channels like Zach's Saggy Curtain and Josh's Squeaky Chair. I'm tearing up already. The Severed Sons Discord is a way for all of us to connect in a time when Zoom calls are tough to schedule, but apps are easy to open. You can find a link to our Discord in the link tree in our Twitter bio. We hope to see you in the server. Until then, stay frosty. Stay frosty.